We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So here we go. It's uh, it's Vince and I. Yeah. How are you doing, Vince? I'm doing great. little unexpected uh, twist to the schedule, but uh, I'm excited. I'm always excited when I get to do a show with you. Come on, let's be honest. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's always, it's always, it's always Monday fun day when we get to shoot, do a show together. Most That's of the right. time, anyway. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a little different. We had, and it's like summertime. Everyone's got schedule this, schedule that all over the place. But I mean, it it is kind of like, you know, like we had Irish invasion and Mm -hmm. some of the official visits to Notre Dame over the weekend. It's it's kind of like the unofficial actual kickoff to the unofficial summer really is in terms of college football fans, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, no doubt about it, because you've got so we're we're into June. Like some people, it's like Memorial Day. Right. But then. Most of the schools around here still have like a week left after Memorial Day, give or take. And so mm-hmm. now it feels a little bit more summer-like. Then you got college football and you've got all the football camps. And so everybody is always – you always hear about, oh, well, he's going to camp here and he's going to camp here and this, that, and the other. Well, all football camps take place in June because July is a dead period. Yeah. So they, they, they can't communicate with all of these guys in July – so everything is in June. And I'll tell you what, man, like the football camps, they hit early, they hit often, and they're like the biggest camps on campus. There's no doubt about that. They really and are. As you mentioned, Lineman Challenge was already on, I believe, Saturday. And then Sunday was Irish Invasion. So big recruiting weekend. Plus they had a bunch, they had, I think, five official visits this past weekend. So big time. Things have ramped up. I was on campus a couple days ago and they had all the golf carts out, you know, lined up in like military order. Ready to get them going. (laughs) Yeah. And there was a a charter bus that was hanging outside the Goog. And so I'm sure that they were going to take the families out and around. And they're pulling out all the stops, you know, pulling out all the stops this weekend. Interesting. All right. Yeah. I mean, and what summer school is, is this. Is summer school starting right now, or is it still like a week or two away from I, summer school? I believe the June enrollees came in this past weekend. I think they yeah, arrived this thinking. last weekend. So my guess is if they would probably start this week, uh, probably Tuesday. Like Monday would be orientation. Tuesday they get right into it. So uh, I think I think they're probably in full swing here pretty quickly. I mean, it's crazy when you think about the fact that you've got all those camps going on. And you've got the official yeah. visits going on at the same time. I mean, that's 
That's a lot to put on a staff. <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, last year, um, you know, Marcus Freeman was in and out of the camps. You know what I mean? But uh-huh. uh, Jared, uh, not Jared Parker, um, the old uh, special teams coach uh, helped me out. Polian? No. Oh, no, no, no. no, 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 no. Uh, Brian Mason. Brian Mason Thank you. last year. Brian yeah. Mason ran all the camps. He was okay. like the one that was in charge and like, telling everybody where to go, what to do, and talking to the camper. Like He was in charge of every single football camp. Uh, I'm interested to see who kind of takes that mantle this year. You know, who's going to be in charge and all of that. So um, it'll be interesting. I, I know they've got a middle school camp here starting up soon. So It seems like the job for like a, you know, like a lower mid-tier staffer and not, right. you know, someone actually on the coaching staff. But I, I don't know you know, kind of prioritize that. So yeah. Assistant coaches are usually involved, but like when they get to the middle school, high school camps, it's like they bring in coaches from outside as well. And then the position coaches are kind of in charge of those Mm -hmm. positions, but then the other coaches actually do the coaching. Right. So it's, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Yeah. I remember like back, like the baseball camps, right. You know, there's, there, there's three full-time assistants, but the, the volunteer assistant is always the one who handles the camps. Cause that's, that's where, where he, he makes gets some extra money. Yeah. M- most of his money. Yes. Probably. Yeah. And so, yep. I mean, it's a little different cause you obviously don't have a volunteer <laughs> you know, on the football staff, but you do have, like I said, kind of lower tier guys. So yeah. And well, for baseball specifically, because I was involved in high school baseball around here. And as you, as were you, it's a bunch of high school coaches from the mm-hmm. area that, right that run that camp as well or not run it, but you know what I mean? They're, they're, the, they're doing the work the counselors. Yeah. Right. So I know there's a bunch of head coaches, a bunch of assistant coaches that are all out there. So uh, yeah. So, and that's typical for all the sports. They, they bring in outside coaches because that's where not to really go down the rabbit hole here, but in case people don't understand the, <clears throat> the lower level coaches are at the lower level schools like the Mac or whatever, or even lower, they'll send their coaches to these camps because they got the big name. It gets the kids in, but what, like one, two, three percent of the kids that are actually camping at Notre Dame mm-hmm. are Notre Dame recruits. You can get your level. eyes on some other guys, yeah, who are probably exactly. more suited for those and levels. That's yeah. where you get your recruits is from. Like Brian used to tell me all the time, he would go, uh, he would go to bigger schools' camps and be the counselor, and then that's where he would find certain guys to recruit for to his school so makes sense yeah makes a lot of sense makes a lot of sense we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Todd Light on the ballot for the College Football Hall of Fame. And one of 78 players on the ballot. This showed up in the release Notre Dame did. Todd Light holds a unique distinction, Notre Dame football, the only former Irish player to start on a national championship team. Of course, he started for the 88 national championship team. Earned unanimous All-American honors. Was selected in the first round of the NFL draft and also started on a Super Bowl winning team. Oh, and also earned all pro honors in the NFL. Only only former Notre Dame player to hold that distinction to, to nail all of those different things. It's pretty pretty cool. I, I don't I don't see how he's not in the college football hall of fame already. I know. That's he was a three time yeah, two time yeah. consensus all American. Three right. year starter, two time consensus all American. It's College Football Hall of Fame, just their whole process has always baffled me. This guy hasn't played in more than 30 years. He was a two-time consensus All-American. And just look at what I just rattled off there. A national champion, first-round NFL draft pick. Number five overall. Super Bowl, yeah. Number five overall. like that. All that, and he's just now getting on the ballot for the College Football Hall of Fame. Right. I I, I don't get it. I don't get how they, they have looked past him. And it's not like... He wasn't, you know, he was coaching at Notre Dame at a high-level institution. It's not like he he just, like, wandered off into the distance and nobody knew who Todd Light was. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he, he's been around. He's been relevant. Uh, I believe he's big in the business world now, doing that whole thing. And so, like, how is this possible? I mean, there are people in the College Football Hall of Fame no that, whose stats and accomplishments don't hold a candle to Todd Light. If he doesn't get in... This time around, and I don't know, and I'll be the first one to admit, I don't know if he's ever been on the ballot before, but if he hasn't, that's ridiculous, number one. And number two, if he doesn't get elected in, then there's something wrong with the process. Even more, it's exactly, (laughs) exactly. It's just, just rubber stamp it at this point. Seriously, come on, (laughs) just take the names away and just put the accolades on a piece of paper. All 78 of them or however many there are. If his name doesn't come to the top of the list. Yeah, something's wrong. Won that Super Bowl with Kurt Warner, Mike Martz, that whole greatest show on turf, that whole career yeah. with the St. Louis Rams. He was started his career in L.A., and then, of course, they moved to St. Louis a few years later, and, and uh, part of that really kind of uh, probably that era, that late 90s Rams and that greatest show on turf really sort of – I think that's when we started seeing the NFL become a much more pass-happy league. Oh, yeah. You know, right after that. Yeah, absolutely. He he was on the defensive side, but still. So they'll announce the the class for the College Football Hall of Fame sometime around when they they play the national championship game, I guess. Oh, he's got to wait that long? That's ridiculous. I know. It's going to wait like eight months, seven months, whatever it is. Exactly. Good grief. All those ballots that, you know, got to do the mail-in ballots, counting ballots, all that. Hanging chads, you know, all these problems with voting. That's right. 
Well, the big topic today, interesting, someone posted this on our board, and okay. our friend Tim Priester from Irish Illustrated wrote this over the weekend, I guess. Priester talked with former Notre Dame assistant coach Brian Polian, who, of course, followed Brian Kelly to LSU, and now he's no longer at LSU, and I didn't even know this until reading the article. He's the athletic director now at John Carroll University, <laughs> How did which that is happen? his alma mater in the what? Cleveland area. When, when did that happen? The the last time I heard Polian's name mentioned was when he was getting demoted from special yeah. teams coordinator. And now he's the athletic director in Cleveland. What? what? I, that was that. I think you know, that was probably the most surprising part of that story to me, to be honest exactly, with you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think that the administrative side, maybe that's just where Polian needs to be because, sure. you know, like he, he always ran things really well. You know, it mm -hmm. seemed like very organizational. He's been a head coach before, all that kind of stuff. Go back to your alma mater, become the AD. Like, you know, maybe that, maybe that ends up being his thing. He's only forty-eight. You can have a, True. you have a long career in administration, and you don't have to worry about, you know, this coach gets fired. Especially if you're an assistant coach, you know, your head coach gets fired. All those different things. So it was announced May second. And he took over officially May 22nd, in case there you were you curious. Go. There you go. Which Very recent then. Yeah. I guess John Carroll University's hiring of athletic directors didn't blow up, you know, like ESPN Sports or Yahoo Sports. I guess not. <laughs> I guess not. Any of those kind of things. But the topic of this article that the priester had with Polian was the renovation of the Goog, the Guglielmino Athletics complex all 96,000 square feet of it it is 18 years old that facility which is amazing itself because i remember you know it's like remember when it was being built <laughs> for, for that matter oh and yeah first, me too first time we finally got to get in there was after charlie weiss was hired they were building it while tyron willingham was yeah. here weiss Crazy. gets hired he gets the new facility in 2005 um but they've been talking for several years about a facelift doing some different things yeah. and the nutrition element is something that has come up. The feeding of the players, all that kind of thing. Polian, of course, follows Brian Kelly to LSU, and he says that's when his eyes really opened to how far behind Notre Dame's facility is compared to some of the other places. So here's some of the quotes from this article that uh, Brian Polian told Tim Priester. And Tim, by the way, is going to be on the show tomorrow, so we can talk a little bit about that yeah uh, definitely you know, dive this into this with him definitely. yeah so here's from brian polling quote i knew we were outgrowing the goog but i didn't necessarily know what the competition was then i went down to lsu and i was like okay this is what it's supposed <laughs> to look like facility stuff is real the football staff has outgrown the goog we outgrew the goog we didn't have enough meeting space for the players we didn't have enough office space for the staff we didn't have training table when I was there with Charlie Weiss, of course. These poor guys were running off the field trying to make it to South Dining Hall before they closed it on them. The thought was that, hey, if it was good enough for Lou Holtz, it should be good enough for you guys. Is outdated, Polian said. Lou didn't need the beautiful indoor facilities. He made it work with the Loftus. Lou didn't need a training table. But we have to acknowledge that times have changed and the Goog is outdated. It just is. To not acknowledge that is to set yourself up to fall behind, 
end quote. Now, there's some more stuff that that Polian said, but what do you think so far? What do you what do you think when you hear that stuff? I mean, this it, it's a little bit more of a well thought out answer uh, than well, they don't have a chef like that. You know, that whole <laughs> right that whole rhetoric. So, I mean, it is w- more well thought out than than that. And and everything that he said is not untrue, right? I mean, they were back in 2005, 2006, having to rush off to the dining hall and, and all of that. That's all accurate. That, that's all very true. Now, and I know he gets into kind of more specifics about how they're feeding the kids now, but there is a training table at Notre Dame. Like, they do right. feed the players at the Goog. It's not the most ideal situation. I understand that. I get that. But they're not running off to the – like, that was kind of an – to me, even bringing that up, was it's antiquated like that's not even how it works anymore so why would you well and that's that's kind of like it's it seemed like he was trying to say we've at least come a ways since then okay you know like what, what they were dealing with because he was here at two different periods he was here for the charlie that's weiss true. period and then he obviously showed up for brian kelly the last five years of brian kelly so i i think he was just trying to show okay we've at least made some progress since then right but there's still a long way to go and I don't. I honestly, and I don't that, and the things that he, that. the things that he was saying, I mean, those are the kind of things that you hear from like the old school. You know, when you, sure. when it's like, well, it's Notre Dame; it should sell itself, and you know, though that that kind of, of thinking, where it's like, well, it was good enough for Lou. Lou won the national championship. Right. You know, why why does everybody else need all this stuff? If Lou Holtz right. didn't need it, you know, it's it's like, and, well, have you have you looked around the rest of the college football world right. because things about you know. Not only does your gasoline cost more than twice as much now as it cost in 1988, a lot of other things are more expensive. And, sure. you know, it's like we didn't even have the Internet back then. The whole world has advanced since right. 1988. And th- he's 100% correct that you can't go off of what well, was good enough for Lou. Like you, That's right. That's, that's ridiculous. Like anybody that says that in 2023, yeah, they we can't didn't even have, take themselves seriously. I'm sorry. Lou Holtz like didn't that, have an iPhone, you know, like he didn't, right. you know, he didn't have to deal with social, you know, there's right. a lot of things that were different culturally Correct. and te- technologically it's ridiculous. and everything else. Yes. And, and then there's the other side of it. Like Notre Dame doesn't need slides and poles and things like that either. Like there's a happy medium in there someplace mm-hmm. that I think Notre Dame needs to get to that they're not at. And I'll be the first one to admit it. Like I, I, I will make a lot of excuses for Notre Dame and the facilities and all that. You and I have talked about the facilities, right? We, we talked about what we would do if we were the athletic director. And the facilities is one of the top priorities that I think needs to be taken care of. And they attempted to do that with the Goog. And, and it's a beautiful facility. There's no doubt about it. But it needs to be upgraded. They need to have an in-house nutritional area. That, that absolutely needs to happen. And I don't think anybody would disagree with that. I think from an upgrade standpoint... They need to have the amenities that technology and nutrition and all of that will give you to this day. They don't necessarily need everything to be backlit and they don't need to have a lot of the like the the visual bells and whistles. I don't even care about that. But if they're giving the student athletes what they need for their bodies and minds, so like study areas, nutrition, you know, all of that, like a little kitchen, a dining area, they're giving them all of that. I think that is where Notre Dame needs to step up. They do. Yeah, and and like what you know, what's more important, like having a defined specific space for the eating of the food, or things like, you know, like the 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 study portion, you know, like giving them a right. place over there to do that kind of stuff, you know, versus 
the office space that he's talking, you know, because again, like if you go back, Lou Holtz, I'm going to guess like, you know, Bob Davey and Charlie Weiss and Tyrone Willingham, when Lou was here, I'm guessing his office was inside the Joyce Center where, oh yeah, because that's, that's again, that's where Bob Davey and Willingham and Weiss's office, you know, like. all it's that where, was different. So, yeah, it's so where they, men's basketball used to be. That yeah, used exactly. To be the football office. Exactly. And men's basketball yeah. used to be where women's basketball right. was. Yeah, and women's right. basketball yeah. was tucked in a little hallway. Right. You know, like right. It literally tucked in the hallway, mm-hmm. you know, down a much smaller space. So everything has at least advanced since then. But you've also, you know, we're at a place in college football specifically where these staffs are growing where you've got all right. these analysts and, you know, extra guys. And you've got, they've even added around. coaches. They've added an assistant coach since yeah. then. They went from nine to 10. I realize that's one office, but still they've added an assistant coach since that place has been built, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah, I mean, they're, the staff has outgrown that building. Like they need, it doesn't, nec- it doesn't just need a facelift. They need more square footage. And that's what I was going to say. I don't know where you put most of this stuff that they're talking about right just based on what the building looks like right now that you know like a lot of it have been to different parts of it but not the whole thing you know like there's i just don't know where they put it all right you know, like you could you can obviously there are a couple spaces where you can build onto it sure but i don't know exactly what all that is going to look like it's it I, yeah you know like you're kind of alluding to it's you need a major addition to that yeah. thing. I think if you're going to accomplish what they're talking about needs to be accomplished. And the only thing I can think of without knowing a hundred percent what the facility is like on the inside. And I, I've been in there, I've walked, you know, cause all the coaches offices are on the second floor, you know, kind of on the, let's see, get my directions. Right. Right. The, the East side on the second floor. I think those are where all most of the coaches offices are. Obviously the head coaches offices in the Southwest corner, the only place to build on, because you can't build on to the west, I mean mm-hmm. to the east, excuse me, because it's connected to the Loftus Center. Like you're you are Correct. you're stuck over there. So the only thing I can even think of, because you've got the weight room in the northwest corner. You're mm-hmm. not really gonna add on to that. So really you've got the southwest corner. So you can go out towards the road and you can come out towards the new indoor facility because there's a lot right. of grass and stuff there. So you could like there is add on to that corner there. You know what I mean? Like that's the only way I can think of, you know, I'm not an engineer or an architect, but like other than that, you're kind of hamstrung by where the building is. Basic geography. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't, I mean, yeah. So it'd be, it's going to be tough. It can be done. You know, you can build it all the way out to the road, you know, and you're going to get plenty of new space and then they can update, obviously the stuff that's already there. I had heard, God, this has been years now, Sean, but I had heard that they were going to have like an overpass over the road that goes into really? the the indoor facility and all so that the players wouldn't have to cross the road. Oh, you know? well, oh, like like a walking bridge kind of thing. Yeah, like a walking okay. bridge. Uh, I hadn't heard that. The only, the only place to put that is on the balcony of the head coach's office, you know, yeah. based on where everything is, right? So, you know, I don't know what their plan is. I've never – I know that they've shown the plans to recruits, but I've heard that for years. So the plans they were showing to those recruits are probably gone now. Like those recruits have already graduated. I mean, they, I don't know. I've been hearing about this for a very, very long time. And they had, it's not like they've broken ground. 
So. Well, one of the many problems, and I, I know we've talked about this before when it comes to facilities, is almost across the board, as soon as you finish building a facility, it yeah. becomes outdated. They need to try to be a little forward thinking sure. in whatever they do. And I know that's tough, but that's one of the things that has hamstrung Notre Dame in the mm -hmm. past is they just haven't been forward thinking enough in some of these things. Absolutely. And it's, and you have to be able to retrofit. You got to build in a way that you can retrofit and update without major. Yeah. You know, leave yourself some leeway kind of, you know? Thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like be, being able to upgrade the technology and, and have space in the trainer's room for, I don't know, the bod pods and like different things that you can do. Like you've got to be able to think, you know, ahead and, and tour some facilities and see what they've got. Like, you know, I don't know. Does, do they have like a, a pool in there for like hydrotherapy and all that? I don't think so, but I don't know that for sure. I've been in there. But I just, I can't remember. I know they have a nice big training room. They got a big locker room in there. Right. You know, they've got all the, that's all on the first floor. And then the coaches offices and stuff are on the second floor, but they just, yeah, it needs a lot. <clears throat> it does need a lot. And they're absolutely right about that. I mean, Polian is, is right. I'm a little surprised that he's like the source for this article. Um, <laughs> well, I guess you he's know, not wrong. He, he hasn't. I mean, he's been at two different major places now sure. between Notre Dame and LSU. So mm -hmm. kind of like he started off saying, you know, they always knew that that something needed to be done, but it really, what he says, you know, kind of that it, it kind of hit him in the face when he goes to LSU and sees sure. something different. Here's and here's more more of what Polian says when Tim Priester asked him uh, the most important aspect of what's missing from the operation at the Goo. Quote: It's very simple. When Notre Dame feeds the football team, they clear out the recruiting lounge. Polian said. They literally move the furniture, set up tables and folding chairs, and food that is prepared somewhere else on campus is brought over to the Goog. It's elevated up or carried up the stairs. The staff and the nutritionist do the best job they can. The juxtaposition is LSU, where there's a dedicated two-story dining facility that serves every student athlete on campus. It's connected to the football building. It is full service. The kitchen is right there. The food is fresh. There are plenty of choices, end quote. So you know, I, I get it when other places have this, especially, sure. you know, again, like other major power five universities and one that's just a few years removed from winning a national championship. And obviously the championship is, is where you want to be. I, I, but I guess my question is, does it matter that much where the food is prepared as long right. as they're getting the food? You know, right. does it have to be prepared right there? They're only wheeling it. You know, it, it's it's not like they're shuttling it in from downtown. Even you know, it's like they're they're right. they're Still bringing it campus. in. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, I, I don't know. They've got you know like the indoor football facility. You, you know, like if you needed to, couldn't you just set up a bunch of tables and chairs? I, I don't know what what does the priority need to be? You know, like, what, what right. do you think about all this? Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. 
Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, and I don't even, to me, it's not even about the, the where the food is prepared. Like, I don't see why that's such a big deal because to the football players, they show up, the food's there, they eat it. Like, I don't they get free food every day. I, you know? I, I don't see the issue with that, to be perfectly honest with you. The, the pain in the butt part of it is for the people that are preparing the food and putting it on a truck and trucking it over and yeah. carrying it up to the They're like, the one that's most yeah. positioned in like, this whole that thing. That has nothing to do with the players. That has to do with the support staff. If I was a support staff member, you're gosh darn right I'd want a kitchen at the Goog so we could just prepare it and have it there. I mean, that makes perfect sense. So I don't really see the difference from a player standpoint. Now, would there be more options if they prepared it on site? Maybe. The bigger issue for me from a player standpoint is having a dedicated place to actually eat the food, like eating it in the lounge on folding chairs. And I mean, that's a little, for lack of a better term, a little ghetto, like you can have (laughs) a dedicated space for that. And I would be So you're saying, you're saying you definitely think they need like some kind of dedicated, you know, like cafeteria or something along those lines. Exactly. Exactly. But again, which, you know, like if I'm going to use technology as an example, like um, a few years ago, I toured Twitter out in San Francisco. My sister oh, wow. l- okay. lived out there and she knew somebody who worked there. We got the full tour. I'm sure it looks different now, you know, based on the downsizing that they've done. But like they had like full areas, you know, and like a, you know, balconies where you could go sit outside, you know, for lunch and eat. And there was just there was always food being served in there. And, you know, Twitter is not alone in this, like all the tech, you know, Google, Facebook, all these tech companies are doing this where they tried to accommodate. I mean, Mm -hmm. quite, quite honestly, it's like they do it to keep their workers there, you know, to, to try to improve the efficiency that they have to keep them from, from going home or, you know, going out and then coming back lost time and all that stuff. But they make it very accommodable, you know, like the accommodations are very easy for these people, you know, cafeteria style eating, always something going, you know, it's like, so like, if you're going to borrow from, you know, like the tech side, there are blueprints there for how sure. corporations are doing this. Absolutely. I Just to piggyback off of what you said, my brother-in-law lives out in San Francisco and he works in the tech industry. He's an engineer out there and he never leaves the office when he goes in because yeah. they feed him breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There basically. you go. Like, exactly. You know, there, there's something to be said for that. Like, I come on, I get it. If I knew I was going to get free food every day, like that'd be awesome. I, <laughs> yeah, that that would be great. It would be, it would definitely be a perk that I would want. And you're right, you're absolutely right. They, but they need like a dedicated area. Like, there's nowhere to put that over there right now. You would need to build on or repurpose an area to to be that area. That there's just, I can't even think of anything that I would want to repurpose that's in that building that would qualify to be that area they need to I add think it's on what somewhere you're, that's what i was going to say i think it's what you're saying like that south 
southwest and southeast corner of the building where the you know the that area there across the street from the Irish Athletic Center where the grass is right, right. you're just going to have to lose some grass and maybe even the sidewalk there I don't you know yeah. depending on how far out you can sure. go and that that makes the most sense and you could do it two stories up and you Absolutely. know so that's like that's the area you could Honestly, probably even go three stories up if you want. If you think about it, if you think about that, the grass area to the south of the building and the grassy area to the west of the building, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of space there. Yeah, there is. Now that you think about it, there's there they, is grass in front of the building there too. You you could add on on this side and then the you know the other side, and you could, and if especially if you go two stories up, like you could add a lot more square footage to that building very, very easily mm-hmm. uh, and still make it aesthetically pleasing as well. Now that's what the, the architects and the engineers get paid for, but you could, I mean, there, there's a, there's ways to do it that I think they could do it well. And then you take the part that's already there, the part that already exists and you kind of gut it, give it a facelift, you know, make I guess, it nicer. You know, they've, Again, they've addressed this with the football team because one of the things that helped held the football team back from doing this, I think, earlier is the integration that the you know and that like the the Notre Dame experience, you know, that part of thing where they mm. want they don't just want football players to be football players, you know, they want them sure. interacting and you know rooming with when they're still on campus with with people who aren't football players, you know that 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 kind of thing. So if you you know, again, like going back to this LSU model that Polian was talking about, where you've got, you know, this basically a dining facility attached to the football office and all the student athletes from all the sports are coming there to eat. You know, like how, how do you weigh that? The, you know, the, the Notre Dame experience and the value of interacting versus going, you know, full on, full fledged with some kind of facility like that, where right. you're, you're taking away that part of the the interaction with the rest right. of the student body. Yeah, you don't want to make it a place that these guys are never going to leave. I mean, that I think right. that's the goal. You want to make it nice. You want to make it, you know, appealing to these guys. But you don't want to make it a place where they wake up in the morning and they just want to go to the Goog and stay there until they go to bed at night. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's what they want to avoid. And I think that's what other universities, and we'll just say LSU, for example, they want their guys in the building all the time. That's why they've got sleep pods and they've got all these different things because they want the guys in the building all the time. That's not what Notre Dame wants. And I get that. And I I support that. But there's still things that you can do that are going to make it better than it is right now. No doubt about that. I agree. I I think at the very least, like, would would you prioritize the cooking of the food like having an actual kitchen there where you're cooking the food in the facility how much is that a priority versus just making sure that you at least have a dedicated you know dining facility you know like mm. eating space for Ooh, the team does, does it have wow. to be prepared on site as well no. or is it enough just to have a place for them to eat it it's not it I, that doesn't matter to me it really doesn't because again i don't see how that affects the coaches or the players i think having a dedicated place to sit and eat it and present the food is much more important than where it's being prepared that's it's where i pre- lean as well it's being prepared a half not even a half mile away like a quarter of a mile on the other side of the uh, of campus it's like right that's not that big of a deal again they got a whole food services department right <laughs> If if I was a chef or if I was the people transporting the food, I'd be like, yeah, let's Again, do it yeah. all in one place. But 
yeah. it doesn't affect the players and the coaches. I, I mean, if I'm ranking things, you need more space for your staff first. Well, that's first what I was going to say because because again, it, this is not just about having a place to eat food. The other right. part, again, which Polian addressed, is like there's not enough place for the staff. There's you know there's all this other the space analysts, issues. the recruiting right. department, like all of that, and some they of the, need space. You know, more sleep pods, more, you know, all these different, you know, like a, a study area, you know, all those different kind of things. And, we, you know, we don't know like what the, you know, the the team meeting rooms look like or, you know, the position meeting rooms and all those different things. Like, we don't know what 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 all that looks like. And, sure. And, and they're nice. I've been in there before. Like the, the meeting okay. rooms are nice. Each, each you know, but are they big enough? has a room. I think they are. I do. Okay. I think I think the meeting rooms are plenty big enough. I got some pictures I can send you. Okay. Um, we, we took a tour there one time, but like that part is fine. I think they need more space for the people that actually work there. You know what I mean? Like that's where the space needs to be expanded. Right. I mean, they've, yeah. they've updated like the team meeting room, the big one, like with, with the new chairs and all of that, like those aren't the original chairs that were in there. You know, they've made about the auditorium. Wider. Yeah. Cause that's where the, the whole conferences, yep. Where yeah. the whole team meets and stuff like, those chairs are awesome. Like I feel like such I a did, small human sitting in those chairs. I did you know notice I mean? that sometime within the last few months, there was a video that was shot in there, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, they've got new chairs since we've yeah. been there." But it was yep. like it's been four years since we've been in that built, basically pre-pandemic. So. Sure. And they, they, you know, every hood coach is obviously different, but they took down all the Brian Kelly sayings on the walls, and they put up some different stuff. Like so, they've renovated that kind of stuff. But like, they need more physical space. For, like everybody complains, well, oh, they don't have enough analysts. They don't have enough in the recruiting. Where are you going to put them? Like, where are those people going to go? You know, who wants to be a football analyst at Notre Dame if your office is in the Joyce Center? Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, you're completely disconnected from the whole team. So that would be my, like, that would be priority number one. But if you're already adding on, then you make sure that you've got an eating space, et cetera. I'm really shocked that you know, money is always the issue, you know, having the money in hand before right. any of these things can be built. I am really shocked that with this, you know, because Notre Dame has a whole <laughs> army of people who are dedicated to fundraising over there. And I, I'm surprised that, that they haven't been able to come up with the funds for, you know, like you said, that there are different blueprints and plans and stuff out there. Like, right. So I'm shocked that it's taken this long and no ground has been broken in, in the time that yeah. this has been talked about. Really surprised because I've been hearing things for a long time about the mm -hmm. Goog and they just have not followed through or I don't know if the Crossroads project got in the way, which is definitely a possibility. But like I, I feel Other like priorities. I remember. Yeah, I feel like I remember them talking about the Goog before the crossroads project and before they broke ground on the Rolfs center, the new basketball facility. Now I knew they were talking about the new basketball facility. Like when they hired Mike Bray, like mm -hmm. I, I realized that, but like before they broke ground for it though, before they started renovating the Rolfs center, I was hearing about the goo getting renovated. So mm -hmm. it's been out there for been a, a long really, time, now. really long time. Yeah. yeah, it absolutely has. All right. And again, Tim Priester is going to be on. He's the one who talked to Brian Pauline. He's going to be on with me on tomorrow's show. So looking forward to that. I know he's been on with Brian recently. We're going to talk about some other stuff as well. So see where see where it goes. And then Jesse will also be here tomorrow for Rapid Fire.
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.